The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. Let's be plain. This is child abuse, and the government is sponsoring it. It's time for The Line of Fire with your host, biblical scholar and cultural commentator, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice for moral sanity and spiritual clarity. Call 866-34-TRUTH to get on The Line of Fire. And now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Brown. I do not say these words lightly. Government-sponsored child abuse. That's what I'm talking about. No, I'm, I'm not talking about the government sanctioning kidnapping children and abusing them. I'm not saying the government is sanctioning, uh, sanctioning a torture of children by parents, etc. I am saying, ideologically and by policy, what the government is sanctioning, sponsoring, fighting for amounts to child abuse. And there are leading psychologists, there are leading medical experts who would agree, in fact, the policies that America is pushing for are different now than policies of some liberal European countries that are having a change of heart and recognizing the error of their ways. We're going to talk about it today. Welcome to the line of fire. This is Michael Brown. Here's the number to call 866-34-TRUTH, 866-348-7884. You say, well, well what on earth are you talking about? And how dare you call this child abuse, the government sponsoring it? Yeah, this is another reason that I could not in conscience vote for Joe Biden to be president. Another reason that I voted for Donald Trump with all of his warts and blemishes is because of these kinds of policies, because the Biden administration told us they were going to implement these very things. You should not be surprised if for whatever reason you voted for Joe Biden, but you claim to be a Christian conservative, you should not be surprised that these policies have been implemented because the president, before he was president, was very vocal about this, very loud and clear about this. Say, so what are you talking about? Okay, let's look at actual government policy. And I've got some video clips to play for you, friends, today that are shockers. Shockers. Painful shockers. We'll come to that in a moment. Trust me on this, friends. No exaggeration here. No exaggeration. And if you think I'm wrong, by all means, give us a call and tell me why. Okay. I'm looking at a release from the government, justice.gov, Thursday, March 31st, 2022. All right? Justice Department reinforces federal non-discrimination obligations in letter to state officials regarding transgender youth. The Justice Department announced today that it issued a letter to all state attorneys, attorneys general, reminding them of federal constitutional and statutory provisions that protect transgender youth against discrimination, including when those youth seek gender-affirming care. Quote, the Department of Justice is committed to ensuring that all children are able to live free from discrimination, abuse, and harassment, said Assistant Attorney General Christian Clark for the Justice Department Civil Rights Division. Today's letter reaffirms state and local officials' obligation to ensure that their laws and policies do not undermine or harm the health and safety of children, regardless of a child's gender identity. Okay, that sounds great. Non-discrimination. Sounds great. And I am all for non-discrimination. 
if if a boy identifies as a girl or a girl identifies as a boy, I see that child is deeply confused and needing help from the inside out, but they shouldn't be treated cruelly. They shouldn't be hurt. They shouldn't be attacked. They shouldn't be marginalized where you know, people won't talk to them. Be nice to them without affirming their confusion. But, but this is not what this bill is about. You see, different states are saying in our state, it is illegal to put a 10-year-old girl on puberty blockers. It's illegal to put her on these hormones, which may sterilize her for life. And, and six, seven years from now, she may realize, wait a second, I'm, I'm not trans. I'm a lesbian. Or wait a second, I'm not trans. I'm just confused. I'm straight. Either way, sterilized for life. Or other issues could come up from this. Or saying, if you're a 15-year-old girl who identifies as a boy, you cannot, in our state, have sex change surgery. And we're doing that for your good. Not to control your body, but for your good. Just like you can't go to a doctor if you have body identity integrity disorder and, and you believe you shouldn't have a left arm from the elbow down. Your, your mind map tells you that shouldn't be there or you shouldn't have legs from the knees down and you want them amputated. No, that's illegal. In the same way states are saying this. And there, there are countries, some Scandinavian countries, physicians in England, others saying, hey, we need to slow down this whole transitioning thing. We were so eager to say, okay, if we diagnose you with gender dysphoria, then this is the path you get on the hormones, you get on the puberty blockers, you get sex change surgery at the earliest age. They're realizing, whoa, 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 slow down, slow down. Best to let that children go through puberty naturally. Best to let that child develop and grow. What's been determined is at least 80%, sometimes even closer to 90% of those kids after going through puberty will no longer identify as trans. So this, this has been known for years, but as, as, as these physicians are watching, the, the kids wanted to detransition or a 20-year-old girl saying, what did I, what did I do? I, I, I chopped off my breasts and I sterilized myself for life because I was a confused 14-year-old kid and the doctors supported that. And now they're suing the clinics and, and many of the people have all said, whoa, whoa, big mistake here, big mistake. Now, you say, well, well, how does it actually work out? I mean, like what's actually happening in schools and, and things like that? What, what's some of the child abuse I'm talking about? Okay, look at this headline, New York Post. New York Post talking about New Jersey and where the educational system may be going there. I've been watching this one develop for days now and have documented many other cases years before this. New Jersey gender identity lessons for first graders, kids that are six and seven years old, prove parents were right to worry. This is from April 10th, so hot off the press just a few days ago. What children should be taught about sex and gender and when has become a hot topic across the country. But parents didn't choose this. It was forced upon them. Starting in September, New Jersey first graders will learn about gender identity under new sex education guidelines. Parents received sample lessons at a Westfield Board of Education meeting in February. One read, you might feel like you're a boy, even if you have body parts that some people might tell you are girl parts. You, so as they're not even girl parts, it's what some people might tell you are girl parts. You might feel like you're a girl, even if you have body parts that some people might tell you are boy parts. And you might not feel like you're a boy or a girl, but you're a little of both. No matter how you feel, you're perfectly normal. Why? Why in the world are you talking to kids that are six and seven about this? 
What if one says, uh, I feel like I'm actually a bird or Superman or a tractor trailer or a monster truck? Rrr. Is that okay too? And people may tell me I have parts that are considered human. These are little kids. They're little kids. And, and it, perhaps the one in a hundred that might actually feel a little confused about their gender identity, the best thing to do is nothing. Just let them grow out of it. Just give them time. Don't try to make the boy macho or the girl super feminine. If, if the boy likes playing with, you know, toys that are more gentle and soft or the girl likes doing things that are more boy-like and running around that house playing cowboys and Indians, you don't have to stop the behavior, but don't react to it as if that, if you're a tomboy, then you're actually trans and we need to make you into a tom girl now. And, and there is no reason for that. And, and you, you say, is it that bad? Okay. Here are a couple of videos of people boasting, preschool teachers. One I played on the air before, another I haven't, just posted more recently. But people who feel this is the right thing to do, people who have deeply lost their way and really need the Lord in their lives, they're not my enemies, Jesus died for them too. I want to see these people repent and find wholeness and new life in Jesus. But they want to influence your kids from preschool, and friends, this is nothing new. This is happening in schools all over America and has been for years, but we're at the place we're at today because people haven't wanted to talk about it. They haven't wanted to raise the issue. When I've been shouting from the rooftops, others have been shouting from the rooftops before me, we turn a deaf ear. Okay, let's listen to one. Man, y'all thought me uh, teaching the children about me being Polly was crazy, but not only that, but they also know that I'm gender fluid. Uh, at one point last year, I had explained to them that I was not Miss Lois or Mr. Lois. It's just Lois because I'm not a boy or a girl. And this was all well and good until October when I also explained to them that I'm pagan. So I am also a witch. And at one point I had gotten a haircut and I got in the sides of my mohawk shaved down. And I come into work and one of the children goes, Lois, are you a boy? You have short hair. And his sister goes, no, Lois is a girl. And a third child, who's my favorite, suddenly yells, no guys, we've been over this. Lois isn't a boy or a girl. Lois is a witch. Duh. This is child abuse. That person, that individual, Lois, has no business telling your kids that she's neither a boy nor a girl, that she's pagan, she's a witch. Whatever she feels in her own life, she can feel in her own life. You do not put this on preschool children, little children, kindergarten children. This is child abuse. Okay, let's listen to one more. We've played this one on the air for you before, but it is worth playing again. This has been my first year in preschool with a class of my own, teaching alongside another queer neurodivergent educator, and we have been rocking our two's class. We've been talking about gender and skin color and consent and empathy and our bodies and autonomy. It's been fabulous. 
But our teaching team is shifting and a new person is being onboarded, someone with many years of experience. So today at the lunch table, when the topic of gender and genitals came up, one of our students plainly looked up and said, well, I'm a girl today, but I know that teacher Ko isn't. No, they're Envy. And the look on the incoming teacher's face was priceless. She was shocked in a good way. And she just looked around at the two of us and said, this class is incredible. And I am so impressed. That is child abuse. And of course, the NB, non-binary. Oh, she's teaching kids who have no clue about sexuality, gender in that sense. And now non-binary. That's teacher Cole. God have mercy on these people. They are putting terrible stumbling blocks before little impressionable children that could destroy their lives. No hype, no exaggeration. We'll be right back. It's The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on The Line of Fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Welcome, welcome, friends, to The Line of Fire. Hey, since we are on live talk radio, if you have run into this in your schools, if you have seen aggressive pro-LGBTQ plus agendas in your school, by that I do not mean teaching children to be nice, you can teach children to be nice. You can say bullying is bad without saying gay or bi or trans is good or queer is good. You can say bullying is bad, period. You should say treat everybody nicely. You should teach your kids, hey, if someone seems to be like the, the other kids don't like them and push them, you be nice to them. Great. Do all that. But, but if you are encountering aggressive agendas in your school and you've been able to push back, you've been able to raise issues. You've been able to help your kids navigate through this. By all means, let us know. Give us a call, 866-34-TRUTH. If you say you're just being bigoted, man, your, your transphobia is shining. No, my love for children is shining. That's what's shining, my love for children. Hey, GLAD, which initially was the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, and then I nicknamed them the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Disagreement, because they were trying to ban different ones of us from secular media shows. I was on their list of first 36 commentators that should not be allowed on to give our viewpoint because it was considered too toxic. So you don't have an exchange of CNN or, or MSNBC or somebody else is going to have an exchange of ideas. It's no, no, no. Don't bring us on because our, our ideas are too poisonous and toxic. So that's when I changed the D from defamation to disagreement. But they've since just said, we're glad. That's what glad is, just glad. So they put out a public service announcement, and it's, it's, it's lovely. It's beautifully done. It's, it's very caring and kind. But tragically, it misses the whole point. L let's look at their PSA, their public service announcement, one minute long. Do you want to meet a family with a transgender kid? Here we are. Max loves to do backflips. Max loves to play his ukulele. Max loves to just be a kid and just be himself. When I found out I was pregnant, all I really wanted was a happy, healthy, whole child. And that's what I got. If you've never met a transgender child before, what I want you to know is that that child is no different than yours. 
they have the same hopes and dreams and deserve the same equality as your child does. We tell our kids as often as we can that we love them in as many ways as possible. There are some politicians who are trying to tear my family apart simply because my son is transgender. Trans kids don't have a political agenda. They are just kids. They just want to be left alone. My family's just like yours. We love our kids unconditionally and we will never stop fighting for them. Stand with us. Protect our families. So the, the good in that is it, it puts human face on that kid and gives you a heart for that family and shows you how a mom and dad could feel they're doing the right thing, the loving thing, the compassionate thing by saying, let, let's say that girl was Maxine at birth. I don't know what, what her name was, but saying it's, she's now Max, she's a boy and, and she's happy being a boy. And, and we, we just love our, our, our son. We thought it was a daughter, but we love ourselves. Okay, so you, you appreciate the love from the parents. You appreciate the fact that, yeah, this kid is not walking around like, oh, no, it's, I'm weird, I'm trans. No, it's a regular kid, a regular kid. This is, the kid want to have fun and enjoy life and do silly things and do, and do educational things and do what kids do and have friends. Good, good, good. All good so far in terms of putting a human face on the family, showing how families feeling they're doing the loving thing, can embrace their kid's trans identity, and reminding us that's just a kid leave that kid alone, where the video completely misses things is, number one, if you want to have a healthy, whole child, right? That's what they wanted, was, was a healthy, whole child. That's what the mom says, right? D did my boy or girl or a boy who identified as girl or a girl identified as boy, so it's a healthy, old child. The path that you're putting that kid on, maybe what, she's a young teenager now based on that, that ad, so the path you're putting that child on is the path away from health and wholeness. It, it is the path of puberty blockers. It, it, is, it is the path of hormones for life. It is the path of all types of risky surgery and maybe multiple surgeries. It is the path to a, a life which is often marked by depression and even suicide. Well, why on earth, why on earth would you want that for your kid when the best solution is to do what they say, leave the kid alone? In other words, let's say the daughter is Maxine. Maxine is Maxine, not Max. And don't put Maxine on hormones to block the onset of puberty. And, and don't mutilate Maxine's body. Don't. You want a healthy whole child? You don't give a perfectly healthy whole child a full mastectomy or, or then reconstructive surgery on their nether parts. That is the opposite of healthy and whole. We're not talking about someone with a disease. We're not talking about amputating a diseased limb. So this is the, the perversion of it. By perversion, I mean the twisting of things. I, I had on the air Kelly Nugent. You better know Kelly as Scott. Here is a woman who now identifies as female to male transgender who is shouting as loudly as she can to the point of partnering with someone like me when we fundamentally differ on so many issues on the Bible and God and homosexuality and, and the nature of marriage and family. We fundamentally differ loudly and clearly for the whole world to know and yet come together 
and, and I try to amplify Kelly's incredibly courageous voice, sacrificially courageous voice, shouting, do not transition children and do not allow them to think that they are contrary to their biological sex and do not play into that. She's shouting from, from the top of her lungs and getting a lot of flack for it and paying a real price for it with incredible courage and tenacity, even while fighting through sickness and problems and issues. Saying, don't, don't do this. It's not the loving thing to do. Ultimately, there are reasons, as I said, that top medical researchers and psychologists have said, when you mess with the natural development of children, either surgically, chemically, drugs, it is child abuse. That is correct. And, and ultimately, if you actually say, well, let's see what this actually means. But let's, let's see what these issues mean in terms of fleshing them out in the life of your child. It's pretty shocking. It's pretty shocking. Check out the interview that I did with Kelly. Just search on, well, let's see, if you search on our website, askdrbrown.org, if you search on that and just put in female to male, uh, you should find it. Or read the article. This would be under Scott Nugent. Just type in Scott Nugent, N-E-W-G-E-N-T, Newsweek, transgender. Just type that in, Scott Nugent, Newsweek, transgender, and read the article back from February of last year, February 2021, that so got my attention because of which I reached out to Kelly and then she to me. And I've, I've never met anybody more passionate about these issues. And this is, well, working with me as much as possible to, to raise our voices against this form of child abuse. Okay, I'm going to go to the phones momentarily, but so as not to cut you off with a break, a couple of quick announcements, and then we come back to this. I've got some newspaper headlines to talk about. Oh, and Disney. Yeah, yeah. Disney. Going to update you on that as well. Tomorrow, first ever National Not Ashamed of Jesus Day. Go to notashamedofjesus.org if you haven't done that. Notashamedofjesus.org. Go there and post this on social media and then figure out what you're going to do. I've, I've got my, my shirt ready for tomorrow to wear it as an attention getter. It's a day when together, some of us coming out of a self-imposed closet where we haven't openly shared our faith, some of us just looking for the right opportunity with a neighbor, with a friend, with a coworker. It's the day when we go out of our way to send the message, we're here, we love Jesus, we love you, and we're not ashamed. Notashamedofjesus.org. And then tomorrow, post, even if it's three seconds or it's, it's just a picture, just post something. If you've got a little testimony to share of what happened or maybe some boldness came or you found other workers in your job or other students that were believers also, just get on social media and use the hashtag Jesus 414. So hashtag Jesus 414. If you say, what's a hashtag? Don't worry about it. Those who know, let them get the word out. Let's spread this. Let's spread the encouragement together. Also, if you're watching on YouTube right now, take a second and just click on the thumbs up button on YouTube, on the like button. Take a second and do that. And then just let us know in the comments where you are. You may be a regular viewer. You may be brand new, but let us know in the comments where you are. If you're watching on Facebook, just click share. All right. 
after the show's over, you might say, ah, I want to delete that. Either way, these are ways, as I've, I've been doing some YouTube interviews with some colleagues, and they're reaching a whole lot of people on YouTube. They were just saying, yeah, these are some great ways to help more people view, and it helps YouTube and Facebook promote things. So if you're watching on YouTube and enjoying it, just click on the on the thumbs up button, the like button, do that, and then just say hi to us and where you're from in the chat room. If you're watching on Facebook, do the same. Let us know where you're watching from on Facebook, and then click share. That'll get the video out to more people. And our whole thing, the reason we're on the air is to reach as many people as we can with the truth. We won't water down the truth to reach more, but we love to reach the maximum number of people with the truth uncompromised, unvarnished, just telling it like it is. We're going to come right back. Go to the phones, 866-348-7884. Is Disney now exhibiting some extreme hypocrisy? We'll talk about it. It's The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on The Line of Fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks, friends, for joining us on The Line of Fire. This is Michael Brown. You know, I was was looking in a closet. There was a a stack of old T-shirts, and there were some that were bright red, orange color. I thought, okay, is, is that the one... Going back to 1983, Nancy bought it for me when she was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, brought it back to where we lived on Long Island, and it was so bright. It was so garish and and just a Jesus on it, the kind of thing you you just, you wear it, everyone's like, whoa, you believe in Jesus, huh? It was one of those shouting out messages. I was going to wear it tomorrow for National Not Ashamed of Jesus Day. But uh, couldn't find it. Those T-shirts were actually old and were when I was heavy and with a different message. Good message, but different message. So I got a shirt especially for tomorrow to try to uh, start some conversations as I'm out in public. We shall see. If you haven't visited, again, National Not Ashamed of Jesus Day, go to notashamedofjesus.org and spread the word. 866-348-7888. 84. We're talking about government-sponsored child abuse. We're talking about government-approved school curricula that are doing things to children that ought not to be done, that are putting ideas in their head or that are sanctioning certain treatments of their bodies that are destructive. They're forms of child abuse, ultimately, no matter how loving the motivation may sound. And what could be behind a lot of it, could be, is greed because of all the money that can be made through transitioning children. And then you've got it for life, for life. You've got a paying customer. All right, let's, uh, let's go to the phones, and I, I want to update you on a few more things of interest here. Again, on the radio, we are here to be your voice for moral sanity and spiritual clarity. That's why we're here. That means we're going to deal with culture. That means we're going to deal with Bible. That means we're going to deal with the things that are important in God's sight, the things that you live in day by day. All right, let's go to the phone, starting with Jesse in Twin Cities, Minnesota. Welcome to the Line of Fire. Oh, thanks for having me on, Dr. Brown. Sure thing. 
All right. So this might take uh, 30 seconds to a minute to unpack, but I just want to ask this question. Um, I'll start out with this. Uh, how, how much of this idea of transgenderism have to do with pluralism? How much does it have to do with, you know, speak your truth? Is this some repercussions by God separating ourselves from the objective truth of the Bible? That's kind of the premise of it. So even Jordan Peterson says the Bible is a foundation for truth in the West, but I wonder what he means by that. Uh, even with Jordan Peterson, I think he means something like this is the truth we so happen to have rather than uh, this is the fundamental objective truth. Um, so do you think that as a culture has separated themselves from seeing the Bible as being valid, that this is why these particular pluralistic and my truth movements have taken root, or is there a deeper issue that is just separating ourselves from the Bible as true? Yes, uh, excellent questions. Let, let me break down my answer into three parts. With regard to Jordan Peterson, I've not listened to him and read him enough to be able to say right now where he stands. In other words, is he going from the viewpoint that many Christians would have, the Bible gives us God's absolute truth, and therefore, basing our lives on that truth is foundational to morality and sanity, etc.? Or is he saying that historically it has been our foundation and that it's a good foundation? Those are not opposite sides of, of a coin in terms of contradictory. Could be two sides of the same coin. So I don't, I don't know on what level he's saying it. If he's come to that full appreciation for the Bible as God's Word the way that, that we do, which would then explain why he would make that statement, or is he saying it more just objectively, this is, this is the reality, but it's, it's a good thing to hold to. So I, I can't comment on that more deeply, but as to the other points, the, the pluralism idea, or speak your truth, it absolutely ties in with this, because here, here is the progression. We say this is morally wrong, adultery is, adultery is morally wrong, Fornication is, is morally wrong. Uh, uh, beating your spouse is morally wrong. And we just, we have these moral absolutes. Well, over time, many that were in the church began to question these moral absolutes and a society that at different times in our history had been more God-fearing and holding to these foundations more deeply began to say, that's your morality. You have your morality, we have our morality. Don't, don't tell me it's immoral when, when my wife and I have three other couples that we swap with. Don't, we do it consensually. We're not hurting anybody. So you went from absolute morality to relative morality. Then the same thing happened with truth. You have your truth. You speak your That may be true for you. It's not true for me. Well, no, the, the fact that the earth goes around the sun is true. It's not my truth, your truth. It's true. The, the, the fact that I'm in North Carolina now is not my truth. It is true. But now that came under assault. So you no longer have absolute morality. You have relative morality. You no longer have absolute truth. You have relative truth. And then it began to move further, where, whereas Rachel Dolezal, a white woman, identifies as black, and therefore she is black. Or the parrot man identifies as a parrot, therefore he's a parrot, that you now went from absolute reality to relative reality. So if you could go to relative reality and relative truth and relative mor morality, then certainly 
I can identify as, as several people in one. I can identify as non-binary. I can identify as female or male or they or Z or Zer, etc. So that's a logical progression. Now, the, the biggest issue in your question, and that's, that's the third part of my answer, is, is this an attack on truth of Scripture or a challenge to move us away from what God says? In a couple of distinct ways it is. <clears throat> number one, number one, the foundation of all foundations is the existence of God, and then that he is the one and only creator, and then the pinnacle of his creation, human race, and then he made us male and female. I mean, these are foundations, the foundations laid out in Genesis. So this is an attack on the idea that there are two sexes slash genders, male and female. Someone that's intersex is, is biologically deficient. There's something wrong where they don't fit in the normal categories, like someone who's blind or someone who's deaf. It doesn't mean that God did not make us to see or God did make us to hear, but there's a defect, there, there's a disability, right? But when it comes to God's intention for the human race, there are not multiple genders, sexes. One well-known uh, gay psychologist a few years ago made the statement, look, there, there are more than six billion people on the earth. There are more than two genders. And others said there's an infinite possibility of, of ranges. So it's an attack on fundamental scripture there. And then it's an attack on the word because there has now been such a, an effective campaign of solidarity to the LGBTQ plus 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 community that anyone that differs with their agenda, anyone that says, you know, it's best to have a mom and dad raising kids as opposed to two dads or two moms, or God did not biologically make a man to be with a woman or a woman, uh, excuse me, a man to be with a man or a woman to a woman. He made men for women, women for men. The moment you say that you're not branded, you're a hater, you're a bigot. You're using this antiquated book from an antiquated God. So solidarity with this agenda and with LGBTQ plus people, that has created an animosity towards God, towards the word, towards us. So it's, it's definitely been effective in that regard. And the way we overcome it is, is with persevering truth and love. That's the way we overcome it and by exposing where this thing really goes. So there's much to the questions that you're asking, sir. Thanks. Thank you so much. You are, you are very welcome. All right. If, if you want to weigh in an experience that you've had, maybe you're a young person listening and you want to tell me what's happening in your school, right? Or maybe you're there with your mom or dad and you want to call in together and let us know what's going on. Maybe you're a teacher. Here, tell you what, because I, I understand the situation. Feel free to call in anonymously without even giving your location. You don't have to say what state you're in. Just call in anonymously. Because I know for some, like, yeah, if someone knows who I am and I tell right and they hear my voice and recognize me, go ahead and let us know what's going on. But it, it's like that, that there is this much fear that, that if, I, if I share what's actually happening openly and publicly, then I, I could threaten my job. I'm, I'm not exaggerating, friends. I'm not. One, one more headline rel relative to this. Um, again, back to curricula that's being put forth in New Jersey public schools. It's a headline on Daily Mail. Uh, New Jersey public school students, as young as 10, could be taught that puberty blockers are an acceptable way to, quote, manage adolescence, and I'll reword this, and that self-pleasuring a few times a day is a healthy way to relieve stress, sample lesson plan reveals. This is also 
a form of child abuse, friends. It is. Okay, <clears throat> so, so back, to, um, back to Disney. I said I was going to get there. So Walt Disney, well, don't blame it on Walt Disney. The Disney Foundation, the Disney industry, the Disney empire has become increasingly radically pro-LGBTQ+. Increasingly, all right? And you may say, why you say LGBTQ+, well, to emphasize the endless cycle, to emphasize where we always said this was going to go. You're going to keep adding letters. You're going to keep adding concepts because there is, there's no realistic check on this. So Disney fighting tooth and nail, tooth and nail against Florida's education bill, wrongly bill the Don't Say Gay bill, the bill that sanely, soberly, rightly says do not do not talk to children from K through three, third grade. Do not talk to them about issues pertaining to sexuality or gender identity. It's inappropriate. It's not, it's not right for that age. So don't do it. So in, in a, a new film, Fantastic Beasts 3, I think it is, there's some interaction which indicates some of the key characters are gay. So check out this announcement. Uh, as a studio, we're committed to safeguarding the integrity of every film we, re we release, and that extends to circumstances that necessitate making nuanced cuts in order to respond sensitively to a variety of in-market factors. This was a statement from Warner Brothers. What they're talking about is that these, these gay conversations in this Fantastic Beast movie are considered offensive to the audiences in China. So Warner Brothers said, oh, okay, in that case, we'll cut them. Of course, we'll cut them. We want to be sensitive to the listening audience, the viewing audience. We'll cut those scenes. Oh, we're going to trash the values of Americans. We're going to trash the values of American conservatives and Christians. We're going to trash those and go to war on the state of Florida. Oh, but China, of course, whatever you say, got it. What hypocrisy. What hypocrisy. It's The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on The Line of Fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Okay, an immediate correction. Disney's hypocrisy has been on display in quite a few other ways, especially with being this great children's network and this great empire with children's parks and all of that, and then really declaring war on children in the name of fighting for children fighting against these sound bills in states like Florida. However, as I was reading this, because all the reports I'm getting have been putting these together, got these, every morning I get a summary of different news items from, from around the world through, through a network that we work with and, you know, key things and quotes and, and stuff like that. Warner Brothers is not Disney. So this is Warner Brothers, not Disney. So Warner Brothers is not the one specifically fighting the wrongly called don't say gay bill, just to clarify. So my apologies for rebuking the wrong entity in the wrong way, although Disney is absolutely worthy of rebuke, absolutely worthy of being called out for what they're doing now. And clips that we played, oh, last week from some of their executives saying, oh, they're, they're, they are all for every way they can indoctrinating kids with, with 
every queer image and idea, et cetera, that they think is good and healthy. In their view, they're doing the right thing. They're doing the right thing. And, and by indoctrinating kids and getting kids to think differently. But be assured there's an agenda. There's been an agenda for years and years, and it's not secret. That's the whole thing. If, if, if you read any part of, of A Queer Thing Happened to America, which came out in 2011, which I began researching for in 2005, so six years of reading and studying research that went into that, and lots of interaction with uh, the gay community to hear their heart and to hear their side and to rightly understand before presenting things. So I was being fair and truthful in the midst of deep, profound differences. The goals have been clearly laid out for years. Agendas have been clearly marked out for years. It didn't just happen by coincidence. You know, it's, it's like the, the old adage when people are talking about intelligent design, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and okay, what if you came down in the morning and, and your, your alphabet cereal had a message waiting for you? And, and you know, you, you, you sit down and you see the box tipped over and there it's all spilled out with hundreds and hundreds of these little cereal pieces saying, this is a message from your God. I'm the one who created you and brought you into this world, but I've not been pleased with the way you're living. Now is the time to repent and get right with me. I urge you to do it now. Signed, the Lord. And it literally, you're the only one in, the, you're the only one in your house. You're the only one in your apartment. And that box spilled out. It's like, okay, that didn't just happen by coincidence. That didn't just happen in a fortuitous way that the box happened to get out of the cabinet and happened to fall. And the hundreds and hundreds of pieces happened to form those specific words. No, no, that doesn't happen. You know, so the, the atheist response yes, would be the, the message would be, oh, in other words, just like little circle pieces just laid out. Oh, that could, a box could tip over, that could happen. But not when there's a message like that. So the same way, all the things that have happened in our society, from the redefining of marriage outrageously by the Supreme Court, to things that are taught in kids' schools, to, to what you see in, in media and social media and movies and all, it, it's been planned by people who thought it's good and right to introduce these ideas or to push for these ideas or advocate for them. You know the, you know the background to Obergefell, the, the the infamous Supreme Court decision where Anthony Kennedy switched and, and joined with liberals. I mean, he's on either side for some years on some of these things and, and voted to redefine marriage and, and also said, well, it's never, it's not going to happen where people now use this as a wedge against those who differ. Samuel Alito, of course, prophesied, predicted exactly where we are today, where same-sex quote marriage is now used as a wedge issue to discriminate against those with, with other views, namely Biblical views, namely historic views, namely right views. In any case, in any case, the, the case itself is very moving. And, and here you've got this gay couple that had always wanted to be legally married but couldn't be. And, and one of them is, is dying. And very, very, so they're able, you know, with the decision to fly him in, you know, even though he's so weak and for them to be formally married. It's, it's very touching on a human level, but it's heartbreaking as well. Because God never intended that. Without some brokenness somewhere in these lives, these men would not have been attracted to men. God had a better way and did not create them for that purpose. Without something being wrong somewhere, and every one of us as human beings is broken one way or another and needs, needs healing, needs redemption, needs forgiveness, every one of us. The story on a human level is very moving. The, the, the consequences of the Supreme Court decision are absolutely disastrous on every level. In, in any case... 
why are we surprised that these things are happening? You say, well, Dr. Brown, you seem surprised. You're so animated. No, I'm grieved. I'm passionate. I'm not surprised because we talked about these things years and years and years and years and years ago in writing and in different formats. So when people come and say, have you seen this? Like, I wrote about it five years ago, warned about it 10 years ago, and others before me. <clears throat> so just making it plain, friends. Just making it plain. All right, we are coming into and in the midst of uh, a, a holy season for many Christians around the world. For some believers, every day is the same. For some Jewish believers, the emphasis, especially now on Passover, others emphasis on Easter. The emphasis, in my view, should be on the death and resurrection of the Messiah within Passover as opposed to a separate holiday. But with that in mind, let me grab one more call and we go to Jesse in Dayton, Ohio. Welcome to the line of fire. Thank you, Dr. Brown. Uh, you know what bothers me is the church has allowed this, uh, I don't know how to say it, I'm not real uh, exquisite in my language and things, but in Leviticus, he talks in, in the 23rd chapter of Leviticus, Oh, well, hang on, Jesse. I, I thought, I, yeah, I'm sorry. I thought you had a different question about Good Friday to Sunday. Uh, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yeah, I, yeah. So let, let's just focus on that in the time we have, because that'll be more helpful to others, if you don't mind. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. there was two Sabbaths when the lamb was put to death. On the, the 14th day of, of Nisan, the lamb was put to death. And on the 15th day was, was unleavened bread at the beginning on the 15th, which was a holy convocation unto the Lord. And, uh, and and then there was the regular Sabbath. And in Leviticus, he talks about, you know, the weekly Sabbath and then the, the, uh, the Sabbath after the Passover. Well, anyway, Jesus said he would be in the grave. And I know I've heard people say, well, part of a day could represent a whole day. That's fine. I, I ain't got no problem there. But Jesus said he would be in the grave for three nights. Yep. Now, you can't get no three nights from Friday night to Saturday night. Right, yeah, and, so, and so, so so to frame that, okay. right, yeah, and, and let me, I'm, I'm only jumping in for time's sake, sir, because I want to make sure people understand this. The Bible does clearly say, okay, this day was a Sabbath when when Jesus is, is crucified. So he's crucified, and they take him down from the cross before the Sabbath, right? So that, that's said plainly, so it's normally understood, okay, so Friday is when he's crucified. And then the Sabbath starts Friday evening, right? That's beginning of the seventh day in Judaism or in the Bible, right? So starts there, Sabbath, that's Friday night, and then Saturday day, so that's one day, then Saturday night, then into Sunday, so that's second day into the third day, and that's when it's going to rise on the third day, so that happens. But as Jesse's pointing out, Jesus says, like Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights, he will be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. So some have argued then that the Sabbath that's being spoken of there is not the seventh-day Sabbath, but the, the Sabbath of the first day of the Passover, all right? And that that's what it's talking about. So let's say then Jesus was crucified on a Wednesday, then uh, the first Sabbath of the first day of the Passover or the Holy Convocation then that would follow. So that is now beginning that night so it's Wednesday night, Thursday, Thursday night, Friday, 
Friday night, Saturday. Now you have Saturday night, that would be a fourth. And then the resurrection, some would say, no, just back into a Thursday. So why is there almost universal belief or a massive majority belief from the early church on that Jesus was crucified on a Friday? Now, just to be totally clear, I'm fine either way. In other words, this is not a hill I die on if it was Friday or Thursday or Wednesday. You're simply saying, well, what, what was accurate? What was accurate? So I encourage everyone to study it afresh and look at it. The answer that's commonly given is that in Jewish tradition at that time or developing Jewish tradition, that any part of a day was considered to be uh, a day. So, if, you know, in America right now, let's just say our normal computation, you, you start something Thursday night at 11.55. You start it on Thursday, 11.55 p.m. Now the moment hits midnight, you're into Friday. So it's now the second day, technically. So that, that's all you need is part of a day to be considered that. That's the normal answer that's given. But as Jesse rightly says, how do you explain three days and three nights? And some would say, well, that's just a figure of speech. And it didn't have to be literally three days and three nights. That's why others have argued for a crucifixion either on a Thursday or a Wednesday. I know this. We'll be live, God willing, on Friday. It was called Good Friday. And for many Christians around the world, it is a very sacred time to meditate on the crucifixion of Jesus. By all means, let it be sacred. By all means, take hold of the extraordinary sacrificial act on your behalf, on my behalf, that day. At the same time, feel free to study the issues afresh. And then even more importantly, rather than having a separate holiday, right? Celebrate this in the context of, in the midst of Passover. And then of course, Resurrection Sunday, everybody agrees. Resurrection Sunday, by all means, is Sunday. The blessing of the Lord be yours. Next broadcast, thoroughly, Jewish Thursday. Another program powered by the Truth Network.